my worthy apprentice, son of darkness, heir apparent to Lord Vader. Where there was conflict, I now sense resolve. Where there was weakness, strength. Complete your training and fulfill your destiny. You can turn him, pathetic child. I cannot be betrayed. I cannot be beaten. I see his mind. I see his every intent. Yes, I see him turning the lightsaber to strike true. And now, foolish child, he ignites it. His true enemy. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. everyone and welcome back to another exciting episode of the wampas lair podcast this is episode number 427 top five tense moments i'm as always one of your hosts jason hunt and with me the obi-wan kenobi to my Django fet we have carl leclerc <laughs> oh boy i imagine you haven't been in so close to the interior as curson lately i hope Twice <laughs> recently, possibly. <laughs> well, we'll get into that in a little bit. Then, uh, so we are going to be. <laughs> I love being back with the old model fashion of a. <clears throat> excuse me, a good old top five episode, and this is something we've never done before. There are so many great tense scenes and tense moments throughout the Star Wars experience and the Star Wars stories. So we're going to be sharing our top five tense moments from star Wars. Um, and I'm super excited to do yeah. that. Um, but before, before we hop into that, just a couple of quick announcements. First and foremost is, uh, it's the start of a new month time for another giveaway, Jason. Um, giveaway. <laughs> so we are, uh, we are going to be offering up a, uh, black series, six inch, good old Jar Jar Binks action figure. um, one of the oh, best. Boy, I love. <laughs> so, um, uh, obviously, when they announced that figure a while back, Jason and I were both super psyched. I we both have the figure. It's a great figure, except for the fact that Jar Jar looks miserable. I don't know why he's not smiling. That's ridiculous. But other than that, it's a great, beautiful figure. Um, so, if you would like to 
I have a chance to win that copy of our, our Jar Jar Black Series figure. All you got to do is, as always, it'll be on our Twitter and our Instagram. So at Wampuslayer on Twitter, you just simply like and retweet the post. And uh, with uh, the Instagram, uh, we're the underscore Wampuslayer. You just simply share the post to your story. So you'll see that later this week. Um, and of course, if you don't use social media, you can always just write us a quick review in the iTunes store. Uh, um, all, all easy ways to enter to, to win a copy of good old Jar Jar. Um, Indeed. He's a, he's a great figure. Um, uh, my guess is they made him sort of frowny faced to match the original Phantom Menace action figure. But I, I, you know, that's just a guess, but I wish he was at least give him a couple of faces, right? I know. <laughs> give us some options. They gave us all this battle gear for him, but like as if he's some warrior, but like, come on, where's, why can't we squeeze his belly and make his tongue stick out? That's what I want in my Jar Jar. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, had, I had that stuffed animal. Oh, man. The the, the, the plush Jar Jar. You squeeze the stomach, the tongue, and yeah. you get the, the Velcro chubas and everything like that. Oh, that was... <laughs> I I probably have that somewhere still in all of my stuff. Well, Although I, I popped I popped tongue so it wouldn't stick all the way out. Uh-uh. Um <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's not nothing quite as infamous as the uh, lollipop tongue Jar Jar, where you suck on his tongue. You know, that's <laughs> Star Wars yeah. was sexy in '99. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yeah. So feel free to get in on that giveaway. Um, we also will have a new matchup for you at the end of the episode. We, you know, didn't have one for last week. It was so awesome having Greg and Joe on the show. Um, talking Shadows of the Empire 25th anniversary uh, to all of you with, with your positive feedback. Thank you for that. I'm so glad everybody enjoyed that show. It was so much fun to do. Um, so, and uh, next week we got another anniversary type episode coming your way because uh, as we've been talking about, just uh, it also in late May was the 30th anniversary of Heir to the Empire, which was kind of this relaunch of the whole Star Wars uh, brand, if you will, back in 1991. Um, so Jason and I are going to be doing a 30th anniversary episode about that book next week. So if you've never read the book, I definitely encourage you to do so. It's obviously the very first place Thrawn was ever introduced in the Star Wars universe. By of course, Timothy's on. Um, very popular book. I had a lot of fun rereading it, Jason. Um, so I'm looking forward to having that conversation with you next week. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm going to, for those of you interested, I'm going to be picking it up on Audible with my free credit this month. So uh, I'll be getting the audio experience of this book for the first time. I have read it in the past a couple times, so I'm familiar with the story, but it'll be nice to get uh, refreshed with it and uh, talk an anniversary with Heir to the Empire. It's a very uh, consequential book for Star Wars publishing and all that fun stuff. So absolutely. Yeah. Might as well give it its due. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we'll be, we'll be diving into that conversation next week. Um, but Jason, this week we got a top five. We're going to get right into it. Um, we do. So uh, as always, of course, we got some, we each got an honorable mention. We got to put in here. So uh, I'm going to let you kick this one off, Jason. What is your first honorable mention for a, 
tense moment in Star Wars. Right. Well, there, there's there's some interesting things because there's different kinds of tension in mm-hmm. Star Wars. There's a lot of different things. So this goes a lot of different places. However, one the there's one that I couldn't you know, avoid having on my list uh, because it was the first like super tense moment I ever experienced with Star Wars as a kid watching these movies for the first time in 97 when they came out in the theaters for this special edition. And that is the trench run in A New Hope. Hmm. Uh, This is one of those things where, especially as a kid, uh, as Luke is diving down into the trench run and, and just, you know, Biggs gets shot... Wedge gets damaged and has to fly away. We're getting down to the end. The music is just building and pounding. It's intense. And then finally, you know, Luke manages to, you know, use the force and blow up the Death Star. And I release the the breath that I didn't realize I'd been holding. <laughs> I, I slid back in my seat because I didn't realize I was on the edge of it. You know, that sort of thing. And, and I still kind of get that way every time. I watch this this movie. I mean, I know what's going to happen, obviously, and it's not hard to imagine that that's what's going to happen with the kind of story that we're watching, anyways. But it is one of those things where I'm always at the edge of my seat. I'm always just kind of holding my breath at the last moment when Han flies in and damages Vader's tie enough to send him hurtling off into space to fight another day. Uh, it's just it's such a a great moment that gets built up to over the the minutes and you know of the the entire battle that happens and the uh planning and all the things that that lead up to this moment it's it's a great payoff for the movie but it's also like oh i can finally breathe again so (laughs) once it's all over so that's why the trench run has to be my honorable mention that's so funny that's also my honorable mention um it, more specifically, the moment when Luke blows up the Death Star, but it's all obviously rolled into the same thing. And it, it really, you know, it, after Wedge is taken out, you know, and, and Biggs has been destroyed, but you have that very brief moment of real, real, real tension. And like you were saying, the, the music especially is kind of what sells you on the emotion of that moment. Um, you've got Luke, he's already mm-hmm. surrendered up his, uh, you know, his navigation computer, he's surrendered to the Force. He's trusting in those instincts. He's trusting in his ability to use it. Vader picks up on that, you know, even calls out this one's strong with the force. You know, you've got all this tension. The the music's going nuts. Han shows up, makes it clear, and then boom. You know, and uh, it's just like, whew. Like you said, Jason, it's like you can finally breathe again. I mean, it's such a great moment. Um, And to me, it is. I mean... It's kind of like the epitome of what tension really is, right? It's this build up, build up, build up, build up, and then release, you know, and this almost yeah. like vindication as Luke's torpedoes fly down that reactor shaft that, of course, Galen purposely built, um, you know, as, as those torpedoes mm-hmm. go down in there to destroy the main reactor, you know, it's just like, wow, Luke was right to to abandon that targeting computer. Luke was right to trust in the force. Han was right to come back and care for somebody besides himself. So it's like in the midst of all this tension of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? I mean, 
even I would imagine even if you watch that for the first time in 77, you're not expecting Luke to die, <laughs> you know, um, but at the right. same time, it's right. like, but they but the the way the scene plays out, it does it so perfectly that you're like, what's going to happen? And then, boom, everything gets vindicated, which I, I just I love that. It's so great. It's it's pure. It's pure. Scene. Beautiful. Huh? Yeah. What? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, um, I was done. Right. The, the scene does a great job of just pulling you in, even if you're like, you know, trying to sit back and go, well, Luke can't die in this because obviously there's more movies and he's the hero of the of this movie. And it's sort of a fairy tale uh, legend, kind of a of a takeoff space movie kind of a thing. Even if you're thinking that the scene does such a great job of pulling you in and making you feel the the stress of the situation that everyone's feeling and i mean even in the movie the the torpedoes go down the shaft and luke just goes you know like he takes a breath like a huge breath like oh god that worked so (laughs) you know and and then finally you know it blows up right before the death star shoots yavin 4 so it's the the whole intercutting between the battle and the control room the two different control rooms and everything like that it's so good it's so very very good uh, classic star wars tension <laughs> agreed <laughs> um so. so yeah well let's let's hop into the number fives what do you got for your first one here as your number five Oh, my number five. Uh, I, I actually sort of referenced this at the beginning with uh, what I called you today, and that's going to be Obi-Wan meets Jango Fett uh, in Attack of the Clones. And they have the the conversation about the clone army where Obi-Wan is trying to you know figure out if this is the bounty hunter that has been trying to kill Padme. While, you know, not actually trying to ask that question outright, you know, and... Django knows why Obi-Wan's here. Obi-Wan knows he's found his quarry, but they're in front of the representative from the Kaminoan government, so they're not going to cause any trouble. And we get the witty repartee, the verbal dueling, who could be more polite. Uh, (laughs) You know, I look forward to seeing them in action. Always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. You know, and that's how they sort of end with... Django staring Obi-Wan out the door and Obi-Wan giving that very deliberate look back over his shoulder like, don't go anywhere. So <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite scenes in Attack of the Clones and it's one of my favorite dialogue scenes in the entire prequel trilogy. So mm. it's, it's so freaking good and it's a different kind of tension uh, than... Uh, than the trench run because that's one of building tension where there is a release uh and then you know and it's chaotic and and life and death this is a a very subtle you know sort of rising tension as they both get to the point where like is one of them going to snap is one of them going to attack uh and they're almost trying to goad the other to make a move you know it's it's one of those sort of situations where they're trying, almost trying to see, all right, who's going to break first? But neither of them do. Uh, so it's sort of a, a rising tension that kind of just gets left there until they, they meet on the landing platform later. So it's uh, 
it's an in, it's an interesting you know different kind of tension than the previous one we talked about but that's my number five uh and it's it's just a really great scene and i love it so yeah I, i'm right with you and i'm gonna reserve comment for now so <laughs> um fair enough but uh in that so, case what is your number five so my number five also comes from the prequels and it's a very very awesome scene from revenge of the sith let's cue this up real quick Master Windu. I take it General Grievous has been destroyed then. I must say you're here sooner than expected. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Not yet. It's treason, then. So it is, of course, that wonderful scene where Mace Windu and the other Jedi Masters come to arrest the Senate. I mean, Palpatine. Um, I love this scene so much. Um, And honestly, I was shocked that we got that in the trailer. That's more my... That's one Star Wars trailer that has stayed with me for all all the years, you know, is the Revenge of the Sith trailer specifically this moment when you, I mean, they give you Palpatine jumping at them with his lightsaber. And I was just like, holy crap, this is unbelievable. Um, So um, I love this tension scene so much because, you know, Mace comes in here with these other very powerful Jedi masters. And, you know, in a way you're like, okay, Mace Mace Windu, you know, Kit Fisto, Egan Kolar, and I can't remember the fourth. Who's the other one? Sassy Tin. Thank you. You know, they, they roll up and it's just like, come on. There's nothing Palpatine's going to be able to do against all of them. And then, boom, he just, right? Like, they're there fully expecting to just say, like, yep, you're coming with us. You're under arrest. And he just says no, <laughs> you know. So it's like you've—they've got their their blades out. Yeah. They've got the jump on him. They seem to be in complete control. Mace especially is very very confident in what they're there to do. And that tension just breaks as he does a ten eighty across his desk and just starts cutting them down. I mean, <laughs> it's it's crazy, and I. You know, I remember, um, obviously, I've shared this on the show a lot over the years. I've always been a spoiler junkie, you know, so it's, it, I, I really became one during this, the prequel era. Anytime I could read a spoiler, I would. And I remember reading the spoilers about this scene, and they described Palpatine as this just like dynamo with a lightsaber. Like, it was like nothing we'd ever seen before. Sadly, I don't think that quite came out on screen. Like, it looks okay to me but it's not great but the tension of that particular moment is just so good because it's like what's really going to happen you've got four powerful jedi masters one old man who is yes he's a sith lord but this shouldn't be that much of a problem and then it just opens right up and they're in they're in a hell of a lot of trouble um so that's my that's my number five i just think that's such a, a great scene No, it's a fantastic scene, and I I considered 
you know, something from this this section of Attack or uh, Revenge of the Sith for for my list, but it it went elsewhere. Um, but no, this is a great scene because it's already tense going in. You know, Mace Windu is in there, jaw set, like he knows Palpatine is the Sith Lord. He's going to defend his Republic. He's going to defend his Jedi Order from this monster. He's going to take Palpatine away, and then. You know, Palpatine is there like, oh, trying to play innocent and, you know, act the gentleman still. And then that just drops and Palpatine's like, all right, you want this? You're going to get it. <laughs> and and yeah. it just explodes from there. And it is it is a, a tense moment that explodes in a way that you were hoping it wouldn't, but it did. Uh, so, <laughs> so, and it's it's such a great scene, you know. It, and it and it it's something that that definitely gives you the um, the impression immediately that Palpatine is someone not to be trifled with, because of course he takes down Agent Kolar and Sacy Tin before they get a, a strike in, and then Kit Fisto doesn't last much longer, unfortunately, but. Yeah. My little boy. Um, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, it, even though like you kind of know where it's going to go, it's just in in that brief exchange though, between Mace and, and Palpatine, there's just a tremendous amount of tension. Mm. It's like, Oh, who's going to strike first. Right. You can cut um, it. with a knife. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, well, what's your number four? My number four, uh, this is going to go to Return of the Jedi. Uh, this is the Rebels' attack on Death Star 2, particularly the the approach to the Death Star uh, as they come out of hyperspace. Um, you know, you, the music helps really sell the tension in this scene because it is a, a tense determination. Everyone is just kind of on edge for what they're about to try to do. Uh, this is a last-ditch effort, uh, and then almost from the jump, it goes wrong because the shields are still up, and the Imperial Navy is there boxing them in, and it, the tension just builds as the battle descends into chaos. You know, it it doesn't release; it just keeps going. Uh, and and the pilots have to you know throw themselves into the heat of the fight and and you know fight for their lives and the the you know freedom of the republic. So that's uh, that's one of my favorite tense moments, and it's you know it's not as like intense of a tension as some of the other moments, I guess, because. Uh, if that makes any sense whatsoever, um, but uh, it is it is an anticipation uh, that just goes wrong. Um, it's a you know they, they're anticipating a fight, they're anticipating being able to get in, strike, and get out, but then that just flies out the window before they're even able to to fulfill their plan. So it's. It's it's a lot, and and the music is just so great in this sequence to to sell that. And John Williams is is a genius. I love I love the music in this scene. So, yeah, yeah, that's I, my number four. 
That's so awesome. It's such a great, you know, I didn't even come into my mind as a moment of tension, but yeah, it definitely is right. There's, there's just this tremendous, uh, you know, what's going to happen when we come here? Like they, especially because they have this expectation of, all right, we're going to show up. That shield's going to be down. We're going to strike. Like you said, get in, get out. And they get there and it's just like all of a sudden things just start mm-hmm. going wrong, right? Wait a minute. They're jamming us. Wait, how could yeah. they be doing that if they don't know where they know we're coming? Oh, crap. They they knew we were going to be here. Oh, crap. There's the whole fleet. Oh, nuts. It's a trap. <laughs> like, it's just one thing after another. But that <laughs> that that tension just keeps building and building and building, like you said. And the music really takes us there. Um yeah, I, it's that's that's a great moment, you know. Um, so so good. Um, I'm really glad you put it on the list, even if just for the music. Um, it's yeah, it's and and like you feel, and I think it is really a testament to the music specifically, but because you feel like you're there in the Falcon cockpit with Lando and Nainum and everyone else in that fleet who's just like mm-hmm. the stakes are so high, right? Yeah. Um, and you, you know, you have the, these expectations that, all right, it's going to go very smoothly. We know what we got to do, but that never quite happens. <laughs> so, um, and that's, and that's exactly how it plays out. Not so well. No, not so well at all. But of course they, uh, they managed to, to pull it out in the end. Cause it's, it's the end of the trilogy. So they have to, right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true too. Yeah. But, yeah, but no that 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 moment is definitely one where it's it's always you know a, a building that the tension just rises throughout that entire sequence, um, and it it finally spills over. The tension doesn't release, but it spills over as the the Tie Fighters just start you know descending on the Rebel fleet on mass, and it's it's just ugh, it's crazy and intense, and I love it. I freaking love it. You and me both. I'm really glad you put it in there. (laughs) So what is your number four, Carl? Well, my number four comes from The Empire Strikes Back, and it's my boy Han. And, you know, we just, we got to hear it. Here it is. Come on, come on! Switch over. Let's hope we don't have a burnout. See? Someday you're going to be wrong, and I just hope I'm going to see it. Punch it! And it's, of course, the Millennium Falcon under the captaining of Han Solo escaping from Echo Base while being hotly pursued by Darth Vader and his stormtroopers. Um, I love the anxiety in this moment. Um, You know, Vader is hot on their heels. He is literally hunting them. Um, And it's such a, you know, there's such a feeling of menace knowing that it's Vader who's after them. You know, it's not just like they're being pursued by random stormtroopers alone but it's also darth vader himself and i think in a weird way what even almost helps the tension in this moment is kind of the humor between han and leia right is she's like would it help if i got out and pushed it might (laughs) you know like you've got this witty banter between the two of them that really kind of helps i don't know it almost helps edge up the tension in this and, you know, Han goes into the cockpit, turns the turns it on and then has to slam it. Right. We've all had those old vehicles or, you know, an old electronic device. You got to whack once just to make it work a little better. 
Mm-hmm. And you, you know, so again, you've got all of this, like this tension as they're being pursued, but you've also like, you're kind of making light of it because it's the only way to kind of keep your cool maybe in the moment. Um, and you know, what I was really thinking about why, why I enjoy this tense moment so much is obviously as a Han Solo fan, first and foremost, Han has never been wanted by anyone more dangerous than Darth Vader. Right. And, and it's terrifying to think what's going to happen to them if Darth Vader catches them um, in this moment. And obviously we know that later he will, and it's terrifying the results, but in this moment, it's like all they've got is this bucket of bolts and outside is like a, you know, a, a whole bunch of stormtroopers with Darth Vader. And, you know, it takes all of Han's little tricks, you know, to, to get them out of this one. Um, you know, and, and this kind of similar to the first one we talked about, Jason does have that moment of release, right? As they, as they kind of blast mm-hmm. out of the, the cavern and the music kind of gets a little bit lighter and a little bit more triumphant. It's like, all right, we, we escaped this time, you know? So there is, there is that tension with a moment of release and re- a moment of relief as they get out of there. Yeah, no, and it, it is, it, it's a great sequence. Not one I, I even considered, but it, it's, it's fantastic because it's all built up by the the battle on Hoth with the the just the approach of the walkers that that can't be stopped. They, they just keep coming. Uh, they get to the echo base while the you know evacuation is going. Stormtroopers have entered the bay. Stormtrooper, you know they they're running through the the tunnels and everything like that. There's cave ins on the way because of the destruction being done. It's it's. It's like, can they even make it out of here? And then the Falcon decides to act up, you know, right at the worst possible time. Uh, and it's it's one of those those situations where everything just, it isn't going right. And they have very little margin for error, and they manage to s- squeak out of there by the skin of their teeth. And it's, it's a great tense moment, and not one that I, I even consider, but so I'm really glad that you brought it up, because... You're right. It is, it, and it's so so well done. And the the whole sequence, um, you know, as they escape from Echo Base and you know do the the um, the asteroid chase, really is you know uh, a tense sequence. Even if it's a really fun sequence, the asteroid chase, it's super tense, and apparently got fat, you know, intense enough and and for the actors that uh, when. Harrison went back for ADR for that sequence. He was like, there's no way I talked that fast. Um, like he couldn't keep up with himself <laughs> to re-record dialogue during the, the asteroid chase. It was really funny, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great sequence and I, and I love how it plays out in the movie. So, yeah, honestly, it was one that kind of came to me as I, I was rewatching empire over the weekend. Um, and I would actually already made my list and I was like, how did I forget this moment? So I was like, I gotta get this. I love this moment. So I, I put it back and I put it into the list um, at that point because I, I initially hadn't thought of it. So yeah, um, but it's a good one. Great. So what is, is what is your number three? My number three, we are actually going animated this time. We're going nice. to go to the clone wars, um, particularly season five episode titled, the Jedi who knew too much. Uh, and this is the episode where Ahsoka goes to confront the 
uh, prisoner who blew up the hangar on the Jedi Temple, and the uh, the prisoner dies by a force choke, and Ahsoka is trying to escape the prison while continuously being framed for not only the murder of the prisoner, but also killing clones and things like that. You know, she's given her lightsabers at a very uh, incriminating point during her escape from the prison. And, you know, the place is locking down. The clones are all after her. She just cannot get anyone to stop and listen to her uh, because nothing she would say at that point is going to, you know, change what they're seeing. So it it's just one of those those rising tension moments because every time she turns a corner, there's something worse happening, you know, and she can't escape it. Uh, and, of course, that extends out for the whole episode as she runs through the various prison complex and industrial complexes and things like that. But in particular, it's, for me, the tension the tension is highest as she's trying to get out of the prison itself. You know, prisoner dies. She gets the lightsabers over the bodies of dead troopers, you know, things like that. And she just, every corner she turns, there's something worse uh, waiting for her and she just can't escape it. So that's that moment in particular is, is one of those things where it's just, you get on the end of your seat, you're, chewing your nails over it kind of a deal. It's just, you can't escape it. And it's anything that she tries to do just won't work uh, to save herself. And, and that's, that's why I love that moment so much. That is great. I love that you brought something from Clone Wars in. I mean, I'll admit I don't have, I don't have any animated moments. Um, Just the movies are just kind of my main language. So that's why, but I love, this is, this is such a great, uh, a tense scene, like you said, and, and specifically that, uh, that escape from the prison, um, you know, but the whole, the whole pursuit, you know, um, is just incredible. Cause you know, again, these are like, especially with Rex being caught up in it later on and, and Anakin, it's just like, these are, these are kind of like her siblings in arms and now they're in hot pursuit of her. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's such a powerful, powerful moment in, in that, in you know, in all of Clone Wars. Um, you know, I think that the, the way Clone Wars shakes out is ultimately, this is the story of Ahsoka <laughs> more than almost anybody else by the end of that series. And this is one of those, those moments that really highlights that. Um, so it's awesome that you brought this up. I, I don't have much more to say about it because you kind of yeah. hit it all so well. So, yeah, no, it's, it's a great scene and it's a great episode. You know, it, the whole episode is pretty tense, uh, but that's the part in particular. I really wanted to highlight the, the beginning of it all. So, yeah, well, I love that you did. <laughs> um, yeah. So my number three is one we, you, you know, you've already brought it up and it's of course that scene from attack of the clones that you and I both love so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Django was your trip productive? Fairly. Fair. <laughs> this yes. is Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi He's come to check on our progress Your clones are very impressive You must be very proud I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe Ever made your way as far into the interior as Coruscant? Once or twice 
Recently? Possibly. Then you must know Master Cypher Diaz. Walks away. Oh, uh, it's so heat. Master who? <laughs> Cypher Diaz. Was he not the Jedi who hired you for this? Steps uncomfortably close. Never heard of him. Really? I was hired by a man named Tyrannus on one of the moons of Bogdan. Curious. Do you like your army? I look forward to seeing them in action. They'll do their job well. I can guarantee that. Thank you for your time, Django. Always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. And scene. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> <laughs> Boba, oh. we're leaving. <laughs> so good. What is it, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is such... I mean, oh, my God, such a great scene. Um, it is. Yeah, and all, obviously so cool that they had Boba Fett reuse that line almost the same in, in The Mandalorian. Um, he yes. was a simple man just trying to make his way through the galaxy as opposed to the universe, but that's okay. It's a nice reminder that he's a little different. Um, yeah, right. I, lo- I love the scene for all the reasons you said, Jason, already. Um, but it really is, uh, you know, it's just the words are just like this veil. Like they're just covering everything up. And Obi-Wan is clearly just calling out Django. Like, I know who you are. I know what you did. Right. Mm-hmm. And and Django's just like, yeah, whatever. What are you going to do about it? And and to me, this is like a very like alpha male moment. Right. It's like it's two it's it's two bucks in the woods sizing each other up before they smash antlers together. Right? Like it's uh, exactly. excuse me. Excuse me for that woodsman. <laughs> My father's an outdoorsman. So I, I to hear these stories all too often. Um, but, uh, you know, like it's just like they're sizing each other up. The the words are are kind of their jabs. And I feel like when Obi-Wan's like, I look forward to seeing them in action. It, to me, it's almost like saying, like, I wonder what you've got, bro. What, what do you got? What you going to bring at me? You know what I mean? It, it's just kind of like this. It's it's very clearly like they're both threatening each other to their faces, but with this veil of respect. Right. Um, and if I'm being honest, Jason, I do think I prefer this scene to their actual fight. And, you know, what's funny is like, you know, as we've been talking about with some of these moments, this whole scene is really a scene with tension throughout that never really breaks. And the tension finally breaks when they come to blows in the next scene together, you know, out on that platform. Um, right. But in a weird way, I almost prefer this scene to the actual physical fight just because of how tenuous it is and, and how like it could go anywhere. But again, they they maintain this kind of veil of mutual respect, even though there's clear there's clear disdain from Django, especially for 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 Obi-Wan, you know, always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. Like, you know, that, yeah, like, sure it is. Like he spits on him basically by saying that Like yeah, that's essential. He's basically giving him the finger, um, you know, right. and, and Obi-Wan's just, you know, like, well, I look forward to seeing them in action almost like. I'm a Jedi. Like there's nothing you've got that I couldn't handle. Right. Like, so it's just like this really great verbal duel where they just the whole time are sizing each other up and threatening each other, (laughs) but being respectful, (laughs) you know, it's wild. Like I love that scene so much. Yeah, no, it's really great. And, and, and it's, uh, I don't know if I like it better than their, their fight on the landing platform because that is such a unique fight to Star Wars, mm. uh, particularly in the films. But it's definitely – I like it differently. You know, yeah. um, I like them for very different reasons. So that's, that's, that's 
you know, it's hard for me to say like either one of those confrontations better, but yeah, no, it's definitely one where, where the tension is kind of there to begin with. And then it just keeps getting higher, but doesn't break until later on. It, it gets carried over. And I think that's, you know, it's a difference between this scene and some of the other ones that we're, we've been discussing. So for sure. Yeah. Um, well, that brings us to our number two, Jason. What is your number two? My number two, um, we're going to go to Rogue One. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, we probably could just put Rogue One as a tense moment. Um, <laughs> the whole movie. But they're just the whole movie as, <laughs> as a tense moment in Star Wars. Uh, but I am going to specifically narrow it down to the, the Master Switch sequence. Um, and I don't have too much to say on this because we discussed it a lot with Jim a couple episodes back on our, our Rogue One music episode. But just, you know, it's the moment where where they're found out, the battle kicks off, and this is where the battle starts turning against them, where Krennic has tracked down Cassian and Jin there in the uh, archive tower, where Baze and Chirrut are pinned uh, on the beach, where Bodhi is stuck in his ship as the, the Imperial troops, you know, take back the the uh the landing platform k2so has been shot down this is where just things start falling apart um so it's it's a rising tension that is just being hammered away by by the soundtrack and the music and everything like that and the only release we're going to get from it is a tragic one uh in this scenario uh and it's it's not the one we were hoping for, but it's uh, it's a heartbreaking one. But it's yeah. I love this scene, um, but it's it's one of those ones where where it is it starts tense and then just keeps getting more and more tense as one by one they uh, they start falling uh, and. It, it's it's sad, but you know, it's Rogue One. We knew this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, that's. I think that's a, an accurate statement. Um, you know, the whole movie itself is, is just riddled with tension and, and tense moments. But yeah, I think yeah. In, in a lot of ways, this this is really the epitome of that. You know, this is where everything kind of comes to its head. You know, the the mission is so close to being successful. You know, I mean, again, like we talked about, you know, the the your Battle of Endor moment, right? The stakes being so high, and the stakes are so high here. They're you know, they're right there. The the plans are right there in front of Jin and Cassian, but they just need to hit this switch, and they just need like it's like we just oh, we just need this, we just need this, and every little thing they need to do though is so wildly contested. You know, they've got death troopers shooting at them. They've got Krennic on their tail now. I mean, they're stuck in there with the shield gate up. I mean, it's like all these little things they need to do. You know, it's like to go an inch, they have to fight a mile's worth of a battle, right? And and it's just like it doesn't really give up until really those plans get sent up. And then it's tragic all the while, you know? So yeah. 
that yeah and and like you know obviously we talked about the music about master switch quite a lot over the years and even recently um but the that that score itself is just letting you feel that tension and, and it keeps amping it up and amping it up as they're trying so hard to accomplish these little tasks by little tasks yeah one one step and then another you know until finally the chances are spent yeah you know yeah. and and this where the chances start running out and you know they they knew it was going to happen it was likely to happen but it, that doesn't make when it happens any easier so right <laughs> yeah because they're always it's in the human spirit to still try strive for one more yeah. and when you have to fight that hard for just one more it's it's rough and it's tense and you know, not everyone makes it Yeah, <laughs> in these kinds of situations. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. That's a, that obviously great moment. Great scene to pick. Yeah. What about you? What's your, what's your number two? My number two comes from the last Jedi and it's the clip I played to open the show with that, you know, that final tension moment between Snoke, Ray and Kylo as Snoke is telling Kylo to, to off her. And mm. You know, I mean, this scene, uh, it is just riddled with tension. And to be, I, I, to share here, I didn't pick any of the like romantic tension scenes from Star Wars because there's a lot of those, especially between Rey and Kylo, especially in Last Jedi. I chose not to go that route. I just wanted to pick different types of, uh, of intense scenes. But to me, mm-hmm. this, this scene in Last Jedi is one of the most tense scenes in all of Star Wars, in my opinion. Um, and I just remember the first time I saw the movie, I genuinely had no idea what the heck was going to happen in this scene. Cause it's like, well, he can't kill her. She's that's you know, she is the protagonist of this trilogy, but what's he going to do? Just kill Snoke. Cause like, it didn't even come into my mind that he would kill Snoke. Like Snoke is Snoke's the new big bad. Like he's going to survive through the right. trilogy, right? Like he'll die. Not, right. not Nate. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, you know, like as, as that scene is just playing out, it, I mean, to me, that was brilliant because, like, I, I had no idea where it was going to go. And, again, I would say, you know, the stakes are very high here, too. You know, like, what is going to happen? You know, you can't you can't kill Ray, but you can't kill Snoke yet, right? Well, wrong. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and yeah. this, you know, that tension is, is builds and builds and builds as Snoke kind of narrates what's going on because – you know, Snoke is just like Palpatine in the sense of he believes he can control everything, right? He he knows the future so definitively, which is usually the downfall of folks and characters like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he narrates exactly what I know, exactly what Kylo thinks, I know exactly why he's going to kill you. You're his true enemy. Like he thinks he knows everything, and then that tension breaks when Kylo's just like, "No, you don't." And I love this scene so much too because really. In a lot of ways, to me, this scene is kind of that this the so much of of episode eight builds to this tension of of Ray and Kylo and the experiences they've shared through their force bond throughout this movie. And to me, this scene really asks the question, what does their relationship really mean to them? You know, what is that relationship? What does this mean to Kylo now? What does this mean to Ray now? Um, you know, Snoke thought he was brilliant by bridging their minds as he as he shares with them. But he really kind of was the uh, the architect of his own demise by doing that, because they 
built this strong bond through their sense of mutual loneliness. They find one another in their connection. And in this moment, that tension of what does, what does our relationship really mean? Well, it means we'll fight for each other. And that tension breaks when Kylo cuts Snoke in half. And it's yeah. awesome. It's such a great scene. Yeah, it is. And it, it, it's funny because it's funny to say the tension breaks when Snoke dies and we just sort of descend into the chaos of the Praetorian Guard fight. Uh, but it is that is the release, you know, of that tension. Everything builds, builds, builds. And then it's just like, ah, you know, we just kind of get thrown into utter chaos. Um, but, you know, it's it's fun to watch Ray and Kylo team up and work together and that kind of thing. But then the tension comes back mm-hmm. when, when Kylo asks Ray to join him rather than him joining her. Right. Uh, and then that te- it's, it's one of those interesting things because the tension is building as, as Snoke is sort of like, <laughs> forgive the, 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 you know, the term he's flexing on them with, you know, <laughs> what he wants to do uh, and, and what he's seeing and how everything is going to, to go down. And then the two of them have this connection where they're like, no, this is not how it's going to happen. And they think they know what the other is planning. Yeah. And to some extent they are, but the motivation is revealed afterwards that that's, they're coming at it from, two totally different ends and that also is uh is a problem for them and brings the tension back because the goals are different the the immediate action is the same but the ultimate goals are very very different and the tension is back until it breaks again with the breaking of the kyber crystal so yeah yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> in a similar way to Rogue One, I mean, that movie has a lot of built in tension to it as well. I mean, it literally, does. I mean, one of the plots of the movie, you know, the B plot of the movie essentially is a tense chase scene, <laughs> you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that movie just has, has that embedded right into it. Right. Um, so, uh, but what is your number one tense scene, Jason? Oh man, I, and I I debated um, between having Master Switch at number one and this one at number one, so it's a pretty close toss up uh, for me. But I decided to put a moment from The Mandalorian at oh, number one. Nice. So, and we're gonna go to uh, Chapter Seven, The Reckoning, and the end of that episode. Uh, when the client gets killed, Gideon shows up, Quill is killed, and the child is taken. You know, and all of that happens one after the other uh, in very rapid succession as things just go from not good to bad to worse to worst uh, in that moment. And then the episode just ends. You know, <laughs> and it we have to wait till the the next episode to see how the tension breaks, how it's all resolved, and everything like that. But it is such an intense, intense scene as 
you know, they, they think they could make it through, and then Gideon shows up, kills the client, uh, and, and then just starts telling them everything he knows about all of them, you know, about uh, Din, about Grief Karga and Cara Dune and all that stuff. He knows who they are, what they've done, you know, things that they've experienced, things that they haven't even told each other. Uh, and and it just it it culminates with these biker scouts, you know, tracking down Quill and the child, and and taking Grogu and leaving Quill, you know, dead in the the soot of of the planet, and it's you know just feet from. From the Razor Crest, the safety of the Razor Crest. You know, it's just, it's heart wrenching. It's the the tension is just unbearable because you don't know how they're gonna, you know, get out of this. You know, and and it it's one of those things that I I absolutely love. The you know, it, it's something that Star Wars does very very well. It brings everything to a boiling point where you have no idea how they're gonna get out of the situation before you know there's you know there's a way that's created and and the heroes are able to survive to fight another day or defeat the the bad guys and then this is it's just one of those situations where you know watching the the stormtroopers flood the the area with the dark troopers and and Gideon showing up and just the the entrance he has as he you know essentially brings the entire plan uh, crashing down around our heroes' heads, you know, by his mere presence, you know, is is just a great, great moment um, for me. And I absolutely love it. I, I, I applaud you for bringing in Mandalorian because, again, yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking about moments from, from that series, not not particularly on purpose, but... Yeah, this is such a great uh, tense scene, um, especially in the way they they're like they intercut those shots at the end where, you know, Din is trying to yeah. call Quill and Quill. You see him getting closer and closer to the Razor Crest, but the speeder bikes are gaining and gaining. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, what is going to happen? Because I again, like I there was no way I would have assumed Quill would be killed. Um, just no way. Yeah. They're not going to kill that character. And then, you know. Cuts back to just the comlink on the ground. You hear Den saying, "Quill, Quill, come in," and then it's slowly the camera pans up to his body, and the speeder's taking off with Grogu. And you're just like, "Holy crap! What? What?" So like again, there's you know as we've been talking about, there's all this tension building, 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 and the, when it when it in a way it is kind of released there because he, I to me I'm invested in that scene because. I'm invested into Quill and Quill getting the child safety mm-hmm. and that tension breaks when you see that he doesn't. And, you know, yeah. tension breaking doesn't always mean something good like the Death Star blowing up. It can also mean something terrible like Quill being dead in the sand. You know, right. um, the tension has broken. I mean, yes, now, you know, the, obviously the tension will continue into the finale because you're like, well, they're still cornered here. But at the same yeah. time, like in that moment, the tension about what's going to happen to the child and Quill, it breaks because we know. Sadly, Quill doesn't make it, and the child gets taken. So, um, 
Yeah, that is, oh man, I, I, I almost wish I had picked a very similar moment, but from chapter 14, which is when the dark troopers are descending and you've got intercut with them coming down to steal Grogu and then Fennec oh, and yeah. Din running up the mountain to try to, to rescue him. Is it, that's, oh, that's a great scene of tension. Granted, I, it's not on my list. I wish I had thought a little harder. <laughs> I apologize. Cause my number one is going to be like, people are probably going to be like, what the is going on? <laughs> because it's not that epic, <laughs> but um, yeah, I love that you brought that scene in. That's, that's so good. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really good one. And, and like I said, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of tension in in Star Wars, and uh, you know we all have our favorites. So why don't you tell us what uh, what your number one is, Carl? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it, now that I come to think about it, it's like well, it wasn't really my favorite tenth scene. Probably not. The reason I put it as my number one, Jason, is simply because this when I was when I was watching Return of the Jedi a couple of weeks ago, it was this scene where I thought of this particular topic idea. I was like, oh, I love this scene, and and it was essentially me of sitting there thinking how can i talk about this scene on the show what where how could i work this in and i was just like oh well it's a very tense moment oh we'll do a top five tense tense scenes moment so um i have this scene here from return of the jedi as shuttle tiderium approaches endor let's take a listen where is that shuttle going shuttle tiderium what is your cargo and destination parts and technical crew for the forest moon do they have a code clearance? It's an older code, sir, but it checks out. I was about to clear them. I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. It's your imagination, kid. Come on, let's keep a little optimism. Shall I hold no. Leave them to me. I will deal with them myself. As you wish, my hope. Carry on. They're not going for it, Chewie. Shuttle Tidarian. Deactivation of the shield will commence immediately. Follow your present course. Okay. I told you it was going to work. No problem. So I, I, I do love this scene so much as they're approaching Endor in the, you know, stolen shuttle Tidarium and, mm. you know, it's, it's like so much is built into this scene because it's, it really shows off um, how innately Luke and Vader are connected Right. Um, yeah. As soon as they approach, I mean, because Luke, Luke was so anxious to come and help, um, you know, rejoin the fight here and and go with his go with his little family to to Endor. I I don't know if he just didn't think Vader was there. I mean, he probably didn't. He probably had no idea. But as soon as they get close to the executor, you know, he's like, "Wait a minute, Vader's on that ship." And I I love Han in this scene so much. Um, to me, this this particular scene of Han Solo is the one that connects most strongly to the Han Solo we met in Solo, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Han is wildly optimistic, and he probably shouldn't be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and you know Han, who you know again, like I think this is also even just in 1983 when when they wrote this story, it was also like a really showing how full circle he's come from a new hope, 
right? He's not the cynic anymore. He literally says, come on, let's have a little bit of optimism here. You know, Han is an incredibly optimistic character in Solo. And it seems like that is a really big part of who he is. And in this moment, we see that part of Han kind of returning. He's so confident and comfortable with Luke and Leia and Chewie at his side that he doesn't think anything bad can happen. And yet this whole time, Luke knows the boogeyman is on that ship and that boogeyman knows Luke's on that ship. So like, I, <laughs> I love this because there's the interplay of like Piet being like, well, I was about to let them go. And Vader's like, yeah, go ahead. I'll take care of it. You know? And it's just like, Oh no. Like that right. tension of like, are are they going to slip past? How's Luke going to like hide himself from Vader now? And it's just like, he can't, it's they've been found out. And yet almost like, again, the, the tension weirdly breaks in the sense of like shuttle Tidarium, the shield will come down in moments, you know, proceed. And Han's like, Oh yeah, I told you it was going to work. But then, you know, the way the scene ends is Luke is just has this look of trepidation on his face. And then it goes to the Imperial marches. We see Vader watching them and turn and walk off camera. Cause you're like, Oh crap, yeah. here comes, here, here comes the monster. And that's really, yeah. you know, while the tension of that moment breaks as they are finally able to go, you're, uh, you're just kind of like, wait a minute, they're not done yet, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, in a weird way, almost almost connecting to the point you were just talking with, you know, the end of Mandalorian there, you know, the, the tension of that scene breaks as we see that Quill has been killed and the child's been captured. But now it's just opening up a whole new type of tension. And the same, I would say the same is mm-hmm. a very similar uh, thing playing out here in this scene is they're sure they're allowed to go land on Endor, but Vader knows they're down there now. So yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like their, their, their secrecy plan is gone out the window. Right. So, um, but yeah, I just, I really like that morphs mostly because of just the way the characters are able to interact there. The, the way Han is personified, the way Luke is connected to Vader in that moment. It's just, it's great. And it's very, very yeah. tense and very haunting. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. It, it, it's one of those things where you know a, a couple couple points. I think Han is definitely trying to be optimistic. Uh, he's definitely trying to just keep everyone at, at calm, and uh, he's probably feeling some of the tension too. But it's like, no, no, no. Let's just let's just keep optimism. Let's just expect things to go well because you know this is how I operate. You know, it's like we're gonna just you know, manage to talk our way through the situation and we'll be good because that's what I do, you know, and then when it goes bad, we'll figure that out. You know, it's that's Hans, you know, just the way he lives. Um, But the scene is, you're right, it is tense because it's the building tension of like, are they even going to be able to start the mission? And, you know, Vader pinpoints Luke on the ship and all that fun stuff. It's, it's, (laughs) <laughs> it is very, very tense. And then it it partially releases when they're given the all clear. But there's a lingering bit of, of you know, tense tension of anxiety because, well, this isn't over, you know. It's not over yet, mm. to quote Luke, you know, somewhere else. But it, it is, it's, <laughs> is that Luke? No, that's Leia. Um, it's not over yet, but it's uh, it it's so good because it's you're right. It is exchanging one tense situation for another. The immediate tension breaks, but you're left with the lingering sense of 
well, this can't be good at all, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that tension takes longer to play out uh, because it just lingers and keeps going. So, um, but yeah, I love it. I love that scene. I'm so glad that you, you got this moment. And thank you to Return of the Jedi in this moment in particular for bringing us this topic because I freaking love this discussion, Carl. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I was watching Return of the Jedi the other weekend, and I was just like, man, I love this scene so much, and I've never talked about it on the show. Um, so I was like, how can I how can I talk about it? And I was like, oh, I got it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, while it might not be the most epically tense moment, it is really tense, and, and yeah, I just, yeah. I find it incredibly great. So I'm glad it's, we were able to talk about it. Tense. It's similarly tense in the way like the Obi-Wan Django moment is. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, because you know, it's, it's the truth lies right right there, but you're yeah. you're playing this game, right? Um yeah. so yeah, that it, it's great. I love it. Yeah. So. No, it, it you're playing this game. Everyone in the game knows you're playing the game. Uh but no one is ready to to make the move to reveal their hand yet. You know, it's like right, right. everyone knows this is a game and everyone was just waiting for the other to make the first move. And it's that anticipation and the tension uh, that, that lasts beyond the moment um, that, that makes scenes like this great uh, because it, it creates a different kind of, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, and are interested to see how that happens as it continues on. So yeah. it's a great scene. Like it, you couldn't get more textbook on a ten, you know, multiple layers of tension than a scene like this. I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm super glad you brought this up because it's not something I would have thought of, but I'm so excited that we got to talk about it because it is fantastic. And you're right. I don't think we've ever really talked about this scene before. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, I know. So- I agree. I agree. <laughs> I'm glad we, I'm glad we had a, we had an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. freaking return of the Jedi. It's such a good movie. It is. It is. I did. So spoiler, I watched it again tonight. So <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I love, I love that movie. Um, so yeah, so there you go there. You, you've got some of our favorite tense moments from star Wars, but as always, we invite you to share some of your own, right? So when, when this episode drops, you know, Share that on our social media. Tell us what your some of your favorite tense scenes are in Star Wars. Because obviously we were pretty heavy on the films here, but very light on Clone Wars, Mandalorian, Rebels, all that stuff. So, you know, if there's things you feel like uh, we were missing, you know, or not missing. I mean, these are personal lists, right? You can't be missing anything that's it's subjective. But if there's something you really love, especially if it wasn't on the list, we'd love to hear what your some of your favorite tense scenes are in Star Wars. So Indeed. Because everyone's got their own, and it's great to talk about that. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so Jason, before we go, we do have a matchup for everyone next week. Um, yes, do <laughs> who is who are we putting against one another in this particular matchup? Well, we got a couple of uh, badass lady mercenaries that we're going to pit up against each other. Uh, one's got her own uh, group, and the other's a sharpshooter that's kind of the best in her business. Uh, we've got Fennec Shand versus Enfys Nest, and I'm very curious to what people think about this one. Uh, I 
love this matchup idea that Carl came up with. So <laughs> I need to do some thinking on it because I haven't had a chance to consider the matchup yet. But yeah, it's a good one. and I'm very curious to see what people think. Likewise. <laughs> curious to see what I think. <laughs> so <laughs> I still got to think about it some more too. Yeah. So Carl, if people want to weigh in on the matchup uh, or anything else that we, you know, have discussed in the episode or Star Wars in general, where can people reach us, sir? Uh, we are on Twitter at Wampas Lair. You can find us on Instagram at the underscore Wampas Lair. On Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can always email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Indeed. Anything else you got before we close down this episode? I am good to go. All right. Well, we're going to release the tension and close out this episode of the Wampas Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 427, Top 5 Tense Moments. Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair. <laughs>